Hello and happy Nintendo month, everybody. You're listening woot, woot. to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited for this episode today. It's called Up to Speed with Mario Kart. Cannot wait. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Boy, do we ever share and discuss the very best in video game music, especially every November. We have a tradition that started um, back in, I think, 2012 or 13 with the yep. uh, launch of the Wii U. We kind of wanted to celebrate the birth of a new Nintendo console by just spending the whole month of November. Um, and, you know, it's really become a tradition on this podcast that yeah. for... And I, I think it's not just because, you know, November starts with the letter N, um, but there's just something about that time of year. It's a common there's, there's time like for consoles to come out and stuff like that. Um, right. Yeah, and so the goal for this month, and you know, we're taking it week by week, but our goal is to try to see if we can do an episode every single week, have four episodes in the month of November, which is obviously different than our current schedule <clears throat> that we've been doing for, you know, ever since we've launched this new era, so to speak. So hopefully we can do that. Um, this is such a great topic, though, to start. Up to speed with Mario Kart. We are playing music from the Mario Kart series, and we're really just focusing today on music from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, music from Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, and one track, actually, from Mario Kart Tour. Uh, so this is music that was not featured way back in episode, can you believe, Will, 177 was right. our Mario Kart 8 episode back. We did that episode in 2015. So this is all music that wasn't featured on that episode. And as you guys know, if anyone is a fan of Mario Kart, a lot of those tracks and those pieces of music uh, came out after that episode was was released. So, you know, DLC on the Wii U. Obviously, now there's a lot of great DLC on the Switch. Uh, so we're calling uh, all those tracks today, they're, they're just from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, whether or not it's from the Booster Course Pass or whatever. Uh, and that's right. actually a really exciting thing. So there's been two waves so far that have come out. And I think what I, what I was reading is that there should be six all said and done. I think by like the end of next year, their plan is to have six waves. So even more so Mario Kart music we'll to come. Able to do another. It's a really interesting new era. And I think the great thing about Mario Kart eight and you know we sung its praises immediately at the time of its release yeah um both for the soundtrack and for the game i really think it it, it's proven to be sort of like the ultimate mario kart experience i think especially with the deluxe version on the switch i i really love that they've kind of just committed to this particular iteration of mario kart and continuing to make dlc for it it's such a good idea because the music of the original base mario kart was absolutely phenomenal and so exciting such a breath of fresh air so the fact that we get these new courses which means we get new arrangements and recordings and performances featuring that really eclectic amazing ensemble of different musicians a lot of which are nintendo employees i think we've heard that um so that's such a gift yeah and the other thing that is going to be special today carl mentioned that we're playing one track from mario kart tour but that's because 
um, we're only playing one track from the tour version. Quite a lot of the music we're playing today actually does come from Mario Kart Tour, except yeah. we're opting to play the versions from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the DLC versions that have, like he was just alluding to, those incredible new arrangements, which I think to anyone it who revitalizes has it. mixed feelings on the tour soundtrack, I think it puts some of those tracks in um i think a more favorable light because one thing that i'd say about that soundtrack is it's very experimental i think in a really cool way it has a lot of prog elements to it and it feels like it's very much in the genre of like a lot of the mario kart 8 arrangements i think having some of that energy in that flair without the actual human performance you do miss a lot of it and i don't think all the melodies are as strong or iconic as a lot of the you know kenta nagata mario kart 64 Mm -hmm. or super mario kart or even double dash or what have you but it's Hearing some of those tracks arranged, I think, are going to be one of the highlights of today's episodes. And then we also have, you know, Mario Kart, the home circuit, that really cool kind of augmented reality game. And yeah, we have a handful from that later. Principally by uh, Ryo Nagamatsu. So I would say two thirds of this playlist today is focusing on tracks from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe uh, that we, you know, some of these we have played before, uh, like I think on the most recent show and tell we played a couple of them, uh, but in any case, let's dive in. So what you heard playing in was Super Bell Subway Underground. We had played Super Bell Subway, the regular version before, but this is the underground version. Uh, and this was arranged uh, wonderfully and creatively by Atsuko Asahi. We only have specific crediting for around half the tracks today. Um, what do you say, Will? Should we just get into some some more great Mario Kart music? Yeah, man, I'm so excited for today because to anyone who's been a fan of this series, I think we are currently at its musical apex, which you can't say about every video game series. You definitely can't say about every Nintendo series, but I feel like for Mario Kart, where we're at now, I can't imagine it getting any better. Absolutely. Let's dive in. We got so much great music to get to today. We're going to move on to a track from uh, the first wave of the Switch Booster Course Pass, the DLC for the Switch. Um, This is Tour Tokyo Blur, and we don't have the specific composer or arranger on this one, but I'm going to list uh, the full list of composers that uh, worked on the original base Mario Kart 8 and continue to work on all this subsequent stuff. We have Shiho Fuji, Atsuko Asahi, Ryo Nagamatsu, and... Yasuaki Iwata. Let's take a listen to... We might recognize um, some of those names from the Legend of Zelda series. Uh, Ryo Nagamatsu, again, from uh, some of the Galaxy games, also from the Zelda series. Shiho Fuji's worked on Zelda. Yasuaki Iwata was one of the main composers on Breath of the Wild. Uh, it's so it's cool an all-star to team. hear these Nintendo composers. Yeah, this all-star team teaming up for just this great, fun, melodic music. Okay, well, I can't wait anymore, Will. We got to do this. I got to play music now. Okay, Tour Tokyo Blur from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Here we go.
You guys are listening to Tour Tokyo Blur from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and this is a piece of music uh, from the DLC on the Switch. Uh, so this is a pretty new arrangement, uh, a 2022 arrangement to be sure. I believe the first wave uh, came out earlier this year, and I think the second wave came out like late summer. Uh, so yeah, I look forward to the, the future waves, but what an outstanding arrangement, outstanding performance. So exciting. I love the modern Mario Kart sound. I gotta say, it's like there's so much at their disposal. Like the creativity is just at an all time high. The arrangements are always so great, but I just love the chords. Like this is like very Mario Kart 64 inspired, I would say compositionally. I, I think that's really spot on. And I do think that the smart thing about that is I think in a lot of our collective memories, Mario Kart 64 is probably always going to be the most iconic and sort of the centerpiece of the series. Um, I think maybe it's something to do with the fact that the Nintendo 64 was such a bastion for local multiplayer gaming. I mean, back then, you didn't have to say local. That's all there was for multiplayer games unless you know certain you know pc gaming and stuff but for console games if you're going to play multiplayer it was, it was all one about of the being one of the most fun people. experiences you could have in 1997 yeah yeah it, it was and i think so many amazing. of us in that game so many of us continued to play that game for decades after still the fact. play it and then yeah. i remember it was revitalized on the wii virtual console and i think the whole series has been kind of this bastion for multiplayer well, gaming and, and if you talk memories. about music i I think Nagata's work on Kart 64 not only did it set the stage for the future iterations in this series, but any colorful, fun racing game, whether it was Kart or not Kart, any like happy racing game that would come out, I mean, like musically so inspired and so specific. Yes. There's so many soundtracks that I feel are inspired by his work on yeah, Mario I mean, Kart 64. It's, the, the genre is sort of like bluesy rock meets Japanese jazz fusion. A lot of fusion um, in there. There's a lot of, you know, the, the in, what's cool about that is I feel like the level of influence from jazz fusion and really emphasizing the jazz of jazz fusion, these really thick, dense chords, beautiful voicings, and, you know, these great horn sections and everything, that feels like it's really living up to the spirit of what Soyo Oka did in the original title, yet some of this funky electric bass virtuosity and some of the bluesier touches and anything that's just like a simple straight-ahead melody makes me think a lot more of Nagata's work. One soundtrack that I think we have to call out in the series that I... I think we've always championed, but I feel like it's just one of the most underrated in the whole series is Mario Kart Super Circuit for the GBA. Yeah. And that's what our next track comes from. This is an arrangement of Sky Garden from Mario one Kart Super Circuit. One of my Circuit. favorite pieces of music from the whole series. This is, a, I believe, a Wave 1 uh, course and track. So uh, March of 2022 is when this came out. Uh, and we don't have specific crediting on the arrangement here. So it's probably one of these four amazing musicians but let's take a listen to really an outstanding arrangement i was really pleased with how they handled uh this piece it's sky garden from mario kart 8 deluxe
So, so good. Very, very feel-good and happy. Sky Garden, a really outstanding 2022 arrangement for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Originally music from Super Circuit, and the primary composer on Super Circuit was Kenichi Nishimaki, who I did believe composed this original piece. And they bring it to life so well in this arrangement. If for some reason, you know, you're playing this uh, this game on the Switch and you hadn't Playing, hadn't played the GBA original, uh, you're just going to be in for a treat. This is a really outstanding arrangement. I love the guitar work, really funky rhythm playing on the right channel there. I love when it's doubled with distorted guitar on the left. Some nice synth colors too, just outstanding brass. Yeah, I mean, the arrangements here are so tasteful, yet so exuberant. I mean, they capture really the spirit of this music, which is just unabashed, melodic, bubbly and exciting. And I think the spirit of this particular track is very much, in what I love about Super Circuit, I think it takes what Nagata did with Mario Kart 64 and runs with it. I wanted to mention the other two composers who worked on this game, Masanobu Matsunaga and Mm -hmm. another Nintendo veteran who we've sung the praises of, Minako Hamano, that many of us know from the Metroid series, but has also was the lead composer on things like The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, that level of melodic craftsmanship is all over the place in Super Circuit, but genre-wise and in terms of energy, something like this feels like it's very much in the mold of Nagata's Rainbow Road from Absolutely. Mario Kart 64. Absolutely, yeah, it's very pure, and there is a bit of a bittersweet emotion to it. It's happy, but it's man, it's it's actually quite emotional for <laughs> racing background music. Well, something that I've been so impressed with, and it's been there from the original, you know, just the Wii U version of Mario Kart 8, and it's still here in all of these DLC packs, the reverence that they have for particularly the GBA tracks and the SNES tracks, which I feel like are some of the lesser, if not lesser known, lesser appreciated these days um, of the canon. That's really unfortunate, you know, for the years where they were less appreciated. Now it's amazing that they're being celebrated because they're outstanding. The soundtrack to Super Circuit and the courses. I think Super Circuit is yeah. an outstanding entry. Um, it was one of the best titles on the GBA. And it I really think was. The, the cool thing about these arrangements is I think in addition to being pretty accurate to all, all of the melodic elements and even a lot of the harmonic elements, like there's some weirdness in that soundtrack that is preserved here, which I think is great. It's the perfect balance of old and new. But also, I feel like there's this concerted effort with all the GBA stuff to add quirky, charming elements to the arrangement. There's a lot of recorder. There's a lot of wind instruments that have a youthful quality that I think is trying to recapture some of those, you know, PSG, simple 8-bit square wavy sounds of the GBA and the sort of charming, compressed, you know, how anything with technological limitations like that, when that's how you're introduced to it, I think in doing an arrangement, um, these composers and arrangers were very thoughtful in trying to preserve the charm that once was there from the chip sounds. And now right. with real instruments, they're recreating some of those emotional connotations. It really feels like it's what that music always was. Well, and part of that is to because be in the first place. that music was outstanding and that music was written with a real sense of craft and 
I know we've mentioned this before, but that's not always the case for the entire series. And so, yeah, it's interesting how they approach arrangements depending on you can where tell the source that is. These composers love that soundtrack oh, yeah. because they, they do so much with the arrangements from that game. I love this next one. This is uh, one that was first heard on the Wii U, so it was one of the DLC courses on that system and was included in the base Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch, obviously. Uh, This is Ice Ice Outpost, which is composed by Yasuaki Iwata. Amazing B section there, very Zelda inspired. <laughs> Ice Ice Outpost for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, composed by the wonderful Yasuaki Iwata, one of the most talented composers currently working there. Uh, and you know, it's you could say that about any of them because they're all amazing. But yeah, I absolutely adore Iwata's compositional style and his chops. How many different kinds of inspirations he can put into one piece of music? Yeah, this really has a lot going on. The B section takes you to a completely different place musically it's really impressive stuff you know there's so much overlap i think um in different video game series for instance there's overlap in a track like this to the f-zero games there's also overlap to some of the more i think modern but i'm more thinking of like the sonic unleashed era but like the sonic series um, and yeah, even that's the true. series, like the use of solo violin with kind of yeah, this, rock band and everything. The overall arrangement, and especially like the A section, you're absolutely right. Well, that could be in like a Sonic racing game or like a Sonic Olympics game. Yeah, right. there's definitely some some nice overlap too. And I think I will say that these musicians had to have uh, been aware and possibly inspired by what the Sega people had been doing for the past like what seven years with a lot of those Sega games and racing games and Olympics games um, because, yeah, it was time for Nintendo to really up their ante when it comes to the production. Completely. I think there had been this devolving sense of quality within the series. It seemed like every title was getting worse, you know, from Super Circuit to Double Dash felt like a step down, Double Dash to the DS. And I will say not just the the composition, but the, the production, right? Yeah, the production and the melodies themselves, things felt strange and uninspired and kind of almost intentionally annoying in many cases. And Mario Kart 8 was like such a return to form. And it seems like it was this huge splash for the composers at Nintendo that it's like this wave they're they're continuing to ride. I want to call out some of uh, Yasuaki... Iwata's writing here because I'm just such a fan of his work. I mean, all all of my favorite tracks from Breath of the Wild are his compositions. He has such an incredible gift for melody, for harmony, for arranging. But this is such a totally different side to his voice than anything Mm -hmm. you get in 
um, the Zelda games. Like I said, this really puts me in the spirit of the original F-Zero, that kind of really yeah. fast, you know, synth arpeggios, yet this sense of wonder in the harmony, really simple, pure pop song-esque melodies. And um, beauty that, and emotion in the B section melody. Jeez. Yeah. It's really fantastic. Insane. I think it's it, this is the perfect... I don't know. It, it feels like a return to form. It feels very much in the mold of what Kenta Nagata was doing back yeah. in the 64. Well, I couldn't be more excited to move on to a track from Wave 2. So this this collection is the most recent stuff that we could ever play. Um, it's just a few months old at this point, I believe. So let's play this uh, amazing track. It's Tour New York Minute from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. guys listening to tour new york minute from mario kart 8 deluxe yeah it is fascinating you know i listened through to the mario kart tour soundtrack a while back and i definitely wasn't particularly impressed with it so it's interesting now you know when i hear these uh wave one and wave two arrangements it really it really is awesome because it's it's giving that music and some of some of that music that was was quite strong it's giving it the the performance and the presentation overall that that we really are yearning for. So yeah, what what a fun and exciting swanky jazz arrangement this is. Well, and what's cool is like, I in defense of the tour music, it really seems like this is what it clearly wanted to yeah, be. Yeah, it's, it's all it along. was not bad music. Yeah, it just, I think it's I don't just, know what it was. Again, if you don't have the budget or you know you're not recording real players, the music for tour seems so performance based. It seems so yeah. much like Mario Kart Eight stuff. It feels very much about the virtuosity, and even a track like this that has that sort of Dixieland sound. When I think of a genre like Dixieland. It's less about one clear focal melody. It's about the interaction and the counterpoint, really, the polyphony between all these mm-hmm. different elements. And hearing that with real players, there's such an almost like Olympic level impressiveness to the performance that yeah, really comes through on an energy level that you just don't get without it. And that's why I think some of the best examples of like you know, older video game music, Dixieland, are, you know, things like The Athletic from Yoshi's Island, which has this clear, central, catchy melody, and then is in this sort of Dixieland arrangement. A track like this is banking on more of the interaction between all the elements, I think. I think one thing that needs to be praised about Mario Kart 8, uh, if you go from the bass to all these additional arrangements is the level of performance every single instrument that you're hearing every genre whether it's rock or fusion or jazz 
it's just some of the best real performance that you hear in video games. Honestly, yeah. it's just outstanding. All the players. Well, and I want to call out just a couple things here that you know very clearly clue a listener into the genre and style they're going for because some people might listen to this and say like well i just hear kind of like swanky jazz what specifically about this is dixieland and first of all there's a few elements uh the first thing that immediately jumps out to me is the chord progression going from that you know first of all we're in a major tonality and we have this kind of fun up-tempo groove and then when we go to our second chord It is the major two chord, um, which either implies the Lydian mode or some sort of secondary dominant. And I think the use of that kind of secondary dominant, that really bright functional harmony sound, I really associate with very early forms of jazz or like Mm -hmm. novelty music, vaudeville songwriting, things from like the 20s. There's this innocent quality to that kind of harmonic. Very bright. And then on top of that, there's so much interaction with this arrangement the interaction between the horns and principally the the prominence of the clarinet and how much of like an obligato line it is that's a really that's a dixieland and a bluegrass thing yeah for sure uh let's move on to an outstanding arrangement of a gamecube track this is gamecube yoshi circuit from mario kart 8 deluxe arranged by atsuko asahi You guys are listening to Yoshi Circuit, and this is such a good arrangement. I, if you would have asked me a couple years ago, uh, by the way, this is um, this is I can't remember when this was included in Mario Eight Deluxe, but in any case, um, if you would have asked me years ago what I thought of the music of Yoshi Circuit, I don't know. I wouldn't have had much of an opinion. It's not bad. The double dash music is not bad. Unfortunately, I do think it started a bit of a problematic. <laughs> trend uh in the personality (laughs) of the music however this arrangement makes me love this track all over again and it makes me feel nostalgic for those good times on the gamecube uh wonderful arrangement yeah of course you gotta keep the whistle to do this track without that silly whistle would be (laughs) would be sacrilegious the thing that i love about i mean this is a kenta nagata composition through and through and what's so delightful about it is really in this And I understand in its original presentation, I had similar feelings at the time of the music of Double Dash, where it felt like it was getting more kiddy. It's so goofy, goofy, man. But 
melodically, harmonically, in terms of energy, he's really bringing the Mario part of Mario Kart. Um, and the Mario heart, if you will, you know, hmm. it's like, uh, th- that some of the, like, that's such it's a super catchy. You know, I got it. Got it. It's <laughs> a great part. Yeah. Um, but yet all the bluesiness of it, it's still in the genre for Mario Kart 64, but yet hearing this with all the real instruments, it's just, yeah, it does. I come think to the soundtrack to double dash fit the game like a glove. And I think the game is incredibly fun. Love the game. I think the soundtrack worked. Unfortunately, it seemed to be this blueprint after the fact where it was like, okay, this this is the sound we're going to continue and, and go for. And and I feel like that sound, that kind of zany, humorous sound works on some tracks, but it doesn't need to be the blueprint for every single track. Well, and it also does work better on something like this, which I, yeah. I, I think it's like it still has a bluesiness. It still has kind of a cool factor about it It, relative to some of the other tracks i think what we are not a fan of is stuff like like that kind of stuff where it's just like it's it feels intentionally annoying like it's trying to impersonate like a it's just it's a very weird kind of style of quirky well, there's a lot of ways to do humor that a lot know? of nintendo composers opted for for a while and that's the thing i'm so happy to see you know in one the thing i will mirror. say this playlist is pretty hilarious going from the the vibe and the emotion we heard from yoshi circuit to this is pretty amazing that this is the same series uh, i love this next track it's very exciting This is Sky High Sunday from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and I believe this is a Wave 2 uh, course and piece of music, so pretty new stuff here. Let's take a listen. So, so cool. This is Sky High Sunday from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh my gosh. I love the slap bass. I love the eclectic arrangement. You even got the tubular bells in there. That's maybe the first time we (laughs) hear that in the Mario Kart series. Yeah, I just, I love that there's so much variety genre-wise when it comes to this series. Uh, And this playlist is very eclectic, even though we're focusing on mostly one game i guess two games for the most part we have one track from from tour i know a lot of this uh music we're hearing was originally in tour um but yeah it's the variety is inspiring yeah i, I want to acknowledge tour for a minute because this is a track that originally was from that game mm-hmm. um and again it's like 
something that all that music has in common is this high energy sort of virtuosity to it, which I just don't think translates as well to VSTs or entirely yeah. electronically produced composition you know hearing this playing on it that, that's part of the joy of like writing something mm-hmm. really difficult for highly skilled players and then hearing them execute with this great command whether it's improvised or whether it's you know executing a particularly written composition that human element cannot be understated we really respond to that even on an unconscious level i think and so this kind of music comes to life in a way with that kind of performance that it can't I think it's a real gift that they took those tour tracks and, and, and brought them to life. One thing that's very fascinating to me is Mario Kart Tour is uncredited for the composer. There's no information anywhere from Nintendo, from anyone. There's absolutely no one that knows who actually composed Mario Kart Tour, which is so weird. I mean, I get it that it was a mobile game, but that just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so whoever composed Mario Kart Tour has got to be so grateful it's that possible it <laughs> their music even, is, is now presented in this way. Well, it's possible it wasn't even a, you know, in-house Nintendo composer. It could have been some yeah. sort of Western composer or, you One know, day we'll find out Europe, for sure. Or I don't, I don't um, know. Or it could have been a mix of some of these same folks, you know. Who knows? It could be, a, it could have been Atsuki. Go Asahi or you know Shiho Fuji or any number yeah. of the composers from. I do think we'll find series. out one day. Uh, this is cool. We're moving on to a track that is like ninety percent confirmed to be Koji Kondo, not officially, but it's very very likely. There is no uh, which official is with Nintendo composer. <laughs> no, eventually credit. there is once they do like you know you know how there was the original release of the soundtrack of Mario Kart 8, which had all the specific crediting. So one day, maybe they'll do another volume. Uh, anyway, this is Battle Stadium for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, probably composed by Koji Kondo. Let's take a listen. Stadium from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and this track is charming one thing that I like about it is it reminds me of the GameCube era like this really feels like a battle theme we would have heard in Double Dash it has that fun slightly humorous quality to it I know Will's a big fan of the synth solo on this track, which is really gnarly, by the way. Um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a goofy track. It's uh, not taking itself seriously, and it's definitely fitted, uh, suited quite well for uh, the Battle Stadium. I mean, you think about the time we all spent playing Mario Kart Battle, probably most of us from 64, but maybe from things like games like Double Dash 2. It's a silly, wacky time, and I think this music 
fits really well. Yeah, I think what's interesting and one of the reasons why this has been credited to Koji Kondo is he does have a composer credit on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah. And the only new music for that iteration of the game comes from its battle At least mode. the base because from the if, base. Yeah. If anyone remembers playing the original game, that was the one thing almost every reviewer called out as being such a negative. Because if you recall the original yeah, it Mario is pretty Kart crazy. 8, it didn't even have an actual battle mode. It was like it, was it had the basic battle modes, but you played on the actual main oh, race it tracks. So dumb. It was really bizarre. It's almost like they threw it together they last They forgot minute. it the night before. Um, and so this game has a proper battle mode. It resurrects some of the old modes and adds some really clever new additions. And this track is one of the new arrangements. You know, what's interesting, someone who's such a tremendous Koji Kondo fan, I would never say that this is one of my favorites of his compositions. No. But I and it's find not one it of the best really, tracks in eight. I find it really fascinating because if it is Koji, it's so interesting to hear... From his perspective, it's like he established the sound of the Mario series. Yet, with some of these offshoot side series, other composers have sort of interpreted his style and made it their own. And so now this is him coming Mm -hmm. to this somewhat interpretation of what he started and now having to kind of imitate that. And I find it a little... um, there's like a, there's something about it that feels like he's very enthusiastically trying to do his imitation of what he hears the Mario yeah. Kart series, which I is very bluesy, accurate, very yeah. noty. My favorite thing about this track is that sort of bridge section where it gets really oh, dissonant so and dark. That no, that's super cool. That feels like the point where he's kind of like making it his own, where he's taking from some of his progressive rock influences. You know, the more I think about it. The main gripes I have with this track uh, is is the the production of it and what what was chosen for the instrumentation, what was not chosen for real performance, things like drums and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, some of those choices and production seemed a little haphazardly put together. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's move on. Could not be more excited for this week's track of the week. is again we're sticking with eight for quite a while here uh don't worry we're gonna get to home circuit soon enough this is tour sydney sprint which is an amazing piece of music an amazing arrangement very inspirational and very fitting for track of the week because it's also a wave two course so but we also have to call out music you know, I, I feel like we're we've been very critical of of tour today and we mentioned how we're only playing one track but our track of the week comes yeah. from mario kart tour Absolutely. so th- this is an a credit fantastic composition yeah and again bringing that to life in such a exciting way let's take a listen to tour sydney sprint
just killer. Cannot beat that track. Tour Sydney Sprint from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, this came on the Booster Course Pass Wave 2. And it's so good. I mean, the sax just really takes things over. Takes command. <laughs> oh, God. Such great playing. Great arrangement. The, the, the rhythm guitar playing and, you know, production on... Mark Cartier is just so good. I love how funky this music is, and it's just perfect background music for a colorful racer. I'm just, I'm on cloud nine with the state of Mario Kart. Uh, Me too, man. I mean, this is one of the most classic sounding melodies of the whole series, and it's one of the most (laughs) recent entries. It's a banger. I I think the interesting thing about Mario Kart Tour that maybe we haven't specifically called out, but anyone who's played the game or you probably have noticed just from the track names is that this is the first Mario Kart game to utilize actual geographic locations not that the tracks are geographically accurate but it it uses real (laughs) places like los angeles and sydney and tokyo paris yeah yeah i I think that's something that's sort of unique about that game and the other unique thing is just how continually they've um uploaded new courses and how they've continued to kind of like add new tracks which has meant there's this abundance of music for that soundtrack uh and something that again we just have to call out these composers and arrangers here is i think that definitely carl and i would probably be in agreement that a soundtrack like super circuit melodically and you know compositionally i think is stronger than mario kart tour yet what's so amazing about the people who worked on mario kart 8 and mario kart 8 deluxe is that they've sort of eliminated as best they can the differences aesthetically between yeah, they've all trimmed of the different all the fat and i think there's something really beautiful that if we have like a volume two official soundtrack one day it's like mario kart 8 volume two or, or something um then we have in one home in one loving release you know music that was originally from the gba music that was from an iphone music that was from the gamecube music that was from the 64 all together and i will admit that it all fits like a glove together it really I mean, does and holds together man. so much of that is the work of the arrangers because yeah. on certain tracks they're incredibly almost religiously faithful to mm-hmm. the source material and in other and then tracks, sometimes they, they go make for a ride a little bit more. <laughs> no and pun intended. I think they the 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 taste there is is what I commend so much because it it seems like the compositions that get a little bit more of an update are the ones that kind of needed it. And the ones that are more sacrosanct often are the ones, or frankly, some of the ones that they sort of leave are, I think some of the weaker tracks from like Mario Kart Wii or the 3DS one where it's like, what are you really going to do to that music park or whatever? (laughs) Like you can't really do much. So they sort of leave those piece of music ever made. You mean? Don't try to <laughs> mess okay. with that, but uh, love this track as well. Really, really fun stuff. It's Paris Promenade from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Uh, and one more time, I'm going to give the list of the the base Mario Kart 8 composers. We have Shiho Fuji, Atsuko Asahi, Ryo Nagamatsu, and Yasuaki Iwata. And you know, there's probably a good chance that one of those musicians was the person chosen for Mario Kart Tour. It's likely. The other um, thing I don't know is we'll what wait. involvement Koji has had with any arranging and any aspect yeah. to like tracks that are, are arranged um, from Well, let's take composers. a listen to a delightful piece of music, Paris Promenade. 
colorful, syrupy, so happy. This is Parish Promenade. It's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Music, and after this track here, we have two more from 8 before we finally move on to some great music from Home Circuit. You know, that's a score that's not very big, and so uh, just, you know, not a lot of slots that filled this playlist from that. So that's fine because we have so much great music that we needed to catch up on today. Uh, This is one of them. I love the arrangement. And one of the things that makes an arrangement like this so exciting and the presentation so great, you know, when you're listening to it on headphones is the way that everything is panned. You know, one instrument is trading off to the next and it's bouncing around the stereo field and everything is recorded so well and performed so well. It's, It's just a real treat to listen to this music. Something that I think is, and maybe this isn't unique to the Mario Kart games as, um, you know, amongst other racing games, but I think something that this series has always done particularly well uh, is that it feels like often the tracks are less concerned with communicating the speed of the actual gameplay in more with establishing the locale and environment with which you're sort of traversing. And that means that in terms of genre, tempo, style, uh, it's quite eclectic. And there's really a nice blend of style and elements because I think the appeal, the main character of the Mario Kart games are the courses. It's the design of the levels the thematic consistency of them um, as well as their actual like geographic design where they turn where they have pitfalls and traps and in the you know the more recent iterations where they have those kind of zero gravity things where you can drive on the side of a wall or go in a loop-de-loop or something Mm -hmm. Um, and it's I think the music is a big part of creating that aesthetic character where you know every track in Mario Kart has a theme it has some sort of stylistic theme that ties everything together and they've gotten so much better I think artistically and visually with giving each track its own complete personality I think this is something that Mario Odyssey was actually very influenced by the idea that every kingdom not only has a theme in terms of concept but an artistic and stylistic theme you know the luncheon kingdom has all these flat surfaces it almost looks like polygonal you know kind of retro style art or something and it there's there's a real sense of um style difference from kingdom to kingdom and that Mm -hmm. same effect is something that i think the mario kart series has been doing for a long time the sense that not only are the courses different in terms of you know locationally where they take place but also in terms of how they're you know, actually representing the art assets in completely different visual styles, which is something that as the series has continued to look backwards and incorporate more things from the earlier games, I think they've kind of taken that idea and run with it, that sense of having a blend of different styles. And the music is one of the most helpful things of creating those differences. This this track very much puts you in Paris, but it's the it's through the Nintendo lens. It's the yeah. Nintendoized version of Paris. Well, we have to go back to the days of the GBA because for me, that's like all-time high nostalgia. So one more outstanding GBA arrangement. This is GBA Mario Circuit from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, uh, and we do have the crediting on the arrangement here. It was Yasuaki Iwata on this one. Here we go. Yasuaki 
amazing. This, I actually think, should be studied. Uh, this would be such great material for a panel on how to arrange VGM and the power of arrangement. I mean, listening to the original and then listening to this, it's mind-blowing because the material is so strong in the original, but of course when you hear it through <laughs> the GBA samples, there's an element of it that's underwhelming or there's an element of it that feels like you're playing a, a child's toy. But then hearing this, it's like, wow, this is this could not be more exciting, more expressive. Man, it's just an outstanding arrangement. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most incredible things about this track in particular, this is the first race course that anyone would play um, in this game. Yeah. And it's just so dynamic in terms of its arrangement. And I'm not talking about this arrangement. I'm talking about the original composition in yeah. terms of the kind of counterpoint, the, the counter lines. All that the stuff was there, between man. The original. Even the sort of like dense, interesting jazz harmonies. Yes, it's not the exact same voicings. The chords have been thickened ever so slightly. But a lot of the color notes, a lot of those interesting dissonances are pretty it much there. exactly there in the original. And when you hear everything on equal footing with all this playing, you realize like, wow, how much better this composition is than the main Mario Kart 8 Mario circuit. Then yeah, I would agree. The, then that GameCube track that we played, then anything from the Wii version. or It's like, this yeah, is Super such Circuit doesn't mess around track. musically. Yeah. And the I, bass playing is so outstanding on this. It's really driving, and it's this nice middle ground between funk, electric bass. Well, first of all, it is electric bass, so that's, you know, that fits well. But yeah, it's a middle ground between, like, funk bass playing and, and jazz uh, bass playing, because you could say that this is a big band arrangement, um, but it's all, it's kind of like a big band arrangement, like doing a funk track. I don't yeah. know. Just really tasteful stuff. Well, I guys, just love all the interjections rhythmically in this track yeah. where it's like, there's times when everyone's doing their own thing. And then these times where they all hit together yet. It's not so formal. It's not like in the chorus, you know, you have a shout chorus and everyone's together. And then in the verse, it's like this, it's, it, you know, bar by bar, measure by measure, this constant, interesting interplay and interaction. And it, it's so pictorial. Like this music really mm -hmm. describes and gives it's part of creating the illusion, right? When you're on primitive hardware and you're trying to simulate a 3d environment with sprites yep. and pixels and stuff, it's like having the music that's really dynamic and interactive. It communicates this frenzied sense of, Oh no, I'm ahead of you. Now you're ahead of me. And Oh, I hit you with the shell. And yeah. now it's like, the it's kind just of so colorful and nature fun. of the action. Um, let's play one more track from 8 Deluxe. Uh, this is Ninja Hideaway. Love this one. Here we go.
heck yeah, we're listening to Ninja Hideaway from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I think this may have been one that uh, originated on tour. I believe it was. Um, and it, it, really interesting. Yeah, this is a track that isn't exactly, you know, not every track in tour is based on a real location. Uh, this one definitely <laughs> <Really>? <Ninja> incorporating... <laughs> Obviously in Minnesota. Yeah, well, incorporating a lot of those, you know, Japanese folk connotations in a very on-the-nose way, which is something that so many video games have lovingly yeah. done. Um, I mean, I think the probably the ultimate example that springs to mind would be the Gonbar Goemon series, which mm-hmm. is its entire musical palette is born out of that. But yeah. there's so many classic examples over the years, whether it's, you know, tracks, a one-off track here or there in games, the Mario series in the yeah. last few entries has done it. I mean, something like Shin Onagashima. And then obviously there's an abundance of games actually about samurai or ninjas or that are explicitly yeah, going I think- for that. I think that that track is the perfect kind of transition point, uh, moving us into. I'm I'm really excited finally to move to Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, and I think that that Ninja Hideaway is a good transition point. Um, this is a bit of a quirky game and a bit of a quirky soundtrack in that it's it's really small. There's not a lot of music here, but the music that is there is absolutely amazing. It, it, it really blew us away. Will brought some of it in on a show and tell, I think last year. And I, I for one was absolutely blown away by the quality of it because I wasn't expecting, I don't think anyone was, uh, it to be this good when it comes to the, even if you're just talking about the production and the recording of it, like it's, it's crazy that they were able to, to, <laughs> to make that happen but well what's awesome is it's at the same level as as mario absolutely Kart 8, and it does level. utilize a lot of the same music from mario kart 8 in the tracks mm-hmm. which is why some of this music goes unnoticed it does have a new main theme it does have new interstitial music um yeah. but the the one thing that separates this soundtrack from mario kart 8 is rather than having an abundance of composers for the new stuff it's all ryo nagamatsu and i yeah. do think that sort of sense of clarity of one person's voice meant that the music was a bit more thematic and I think we're, the first track we're going to play, this main theme, is one of Nagamatsu's best melodies, and it's one of the most classic-sounding Mario Kart themes. Oh, it's up there, man. It's a banger. And yeah, the new stuff from uh, Home Circuit is on its own. It does not sound like the vibe of Mario Kart 8. It's definitely a little bit more epic and exciting. But yeah, it's jazzy, too. Let's take a listen to the main theme from Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, composed by Nagamatsu. <laughs> Thank you. 
You guys listening to the main theme, the outstanding main theme to Home Circuit by Nagamatsu. And the, the new music that he composed is definitely spicier, at times darker uh, than really any other Mario Kart <laughs> music that we've heard before. But it also fits so well into this series. I mean, talking about the recording, the performance here. Yes, it's on the exact same super, super high level that was established in Mario Kart 8. Outstanding solos, really great arrangement. Um, This main theme is a real gift because it's a very long form piece of music. There's a lot of musical moments to enjoy. Outstanding solos. Yeah, this this is just amazing. Yeah, I mean, it really is the next level of what the Mario Kart 8 main title. I mean, I remember hearing that for the first time. We gushed over it, but it felt Mm -hmm. like it just felt like we couldn't even believe it existed. It was like yeah. such a change of context from what and we And I were felt expecting. the same way about this. Yeah, it's like it really brings things to the next level in terms of performance, but also arranging. Something that I love about this track that I really want to celebrate is the melody at the core of it feels so quintessentially video gamey, so quintessentially yeah. Nintendo. And but by it's that about I mean how it's it was built, arranged. Yes, but it's built its out of this very simple motif. Yeah, da 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 da. Like that little first series of notes is really catchy and iconic. And what's so cool about what Nagamatsu does here, he does give us kind of archaic and eat it too in the sense that like we get a more default presentation with a more song-like structure with Mm -hmm. this repetition it pays off it feels very satisfying and symmetrical yet then in this whole almost like development section where there's all these different soloistic trading off we hear that motif come back and bring us through the string of modulations i love love the field change too um you know you have that really kind of jungly uh, drum beat at the beginning and then eventually it just gets a little more swanky and playful so much to love in that main theme so all said today we have four pieces that we're playing from home circuit let's move on to the second uh, this is track building again composed by nagamatsu let's take a listen So much to love about this track, track building from Home Circuit by Nagamatsu. And there's so much that I want to shout out. The one thing that is so cool is the way that the upright bass was handled on this track. This is a really difficult track because it moves between a big band ensemble and then eventually it cuts away and it, and it really is trying to, in that moment, 
feel like a combo, this smaller, more intimate jazz ensemble. And then it goes back. And so it's really difficult how you would approach the sound of the upright. And so when you listen to the big band sections, the upright is a lot more present uh, and kind of close than you would ever typically have. Um, but then all of a sudden when it moves to the more combo section, it feels like it's perfectly at home there. So I really love how they're able to move back and forth and made really good choices, obviously in the arrangement, but also in the the engineering too. Right. I think that's a good point. And also that's a very precarious thing because I think had the bass Same could be felt, said with the drums. Had but had yeah, had the bass and drums felt roomier and I think it would have made it more explicitly just a big band track. And that's not really right. Mario Kart. We need elements of rock. We need elements of fusion. Having that distorted guitar in there and having that sort of tighter, drier, closely miked sound of some of the rhythm section elements, first of all, it helps to sell that stripped down combo section. Um, but it also makes it feel like we're not just listening to a straight big band track. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you want we just have to call more. out some of these harmonies, some of these voicings. I mean, oh, there's so much interesting rhythmic so interaction. Yeah, those. I mean, it starts with just this blast of those sharp nine chords where Love we get that chords, really man. bluesy rub. Um, but I mean, just so much of the inner voices and some of the bump, 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 that chromatic descending stuff reminded me of the GBA Mario Kart. Some of those really interesting and edgy voicings and this music that's sort of contrapuntal. And it's it's about this performance almost. Something that's making me a little sad is there have been quite a lot of maybe in the past 15, 20 years, maybe if we expand it to 25 years, outstanding jazz video game soundtracks that have been heralded and celebrated and that really live on in the cultural consciousness. I'm worried that that's not going to happen with home circuit. I feel like it's going to be a little bit forgotten. And this jazz writing here is up there with any like really creative and authentic jazz arranging that we've heard in video games. And well, I, I hope mean, it's not forgotten. I, I hope so, too. I think the one thing that's helping it is it's attached to one of the most popular <laughs> and beloved video game series of all time. But in yes. some ways, maybe that's why, you know, it's like... Um, but it are, the thing is, is the Switch already has Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And so that that is like, I don't know, this, well, this home circuit is a bit of a like quirky idea. It's popularity and it's, uh, its proximity to famous things is part of what contributes to its obscurity. There's so much beloved stuff in the Mario Kart series. This was an interesting title. A lot of people might not consider it part of the regular canon because it's actually yeah. really about controlling these remote control race cars, which I think is such a fun idea. And I wish mm -hmm. I had a big enough home to actually take advantage of this. But I'm sure I will people say that, that live in a large home and have young kids probably got a lot of entertainment out of this game. I hope they did. It's interesting to me because, uh, you know, there was a bit of buzz and a bit of excitement uh, when this first launched. But now let's see where we're at. I think we're we're at, but yeah, basically two years on the dot um, of when it was originally released. And yeah, I will say that it's it's kind of dwindled down. I don't really hear many people talking about it anymore. I wonder if it was uh, potentially a bit of a flash in the pan, at least at least socially. 
Um, so yeah, that that's. I hope that doesn't happen. For I think the music. It's, it, it's more about people with families and kids. If if mm. you're around people who have young kids, yeah. it's like the, this game is very popular. yeah. That makes sense. Um, but it's because it, it is kind of a toy almost. It's like a toy and a video game. Which there's something I love about that. It, it brings to mind something like Rob the Robot from the NES days yeah, and stuff. For sure. But yeah, I do think this music is probably destined to be a little forgotten since there aren't a, a plethora of original compositions on that score. But what's there is like what's here is phenomenal. It rivals and anything in Mario Kart Eight. Let's move on to another outstanding track. We have first place. It's basically the results music uh, that you here when you get first place. Here we go. something kind of bold here this is my favorite results music in the whole mario kart series wow it's so good it's really hard to make results music i think i think a lot of the results music you hear in video games is is forgettable i'm just gonna say it it is um i think something that was really exciting was the mario kart 64 results music i think that was like very bold very creative and i think it was kind of this touchstone for a lot of composers, myself included. I mean, that that singular piece of music was on my head, you know, on my brain for weeks and weeks when I was working on Downforce. I had a track that was, you know, a very clear homage to it and other tracks that, you know, had that homage I mean, as the, well. But What's interesting, yeah, the Mario Kart and, 8 results music is another, like, direct homage to that specific track. Yes, yeah, and, and there's, other, there's others here that pop up here and there, but, man, this one... It's like he did not waste this opportunity. Like the arrangement, the performance, and it's this all just as melody. good bum, bum, yeah, bum, as, bum, as anything bum, else bum, bum, bum. that Nagamatsu has done. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 subtle. I think you make such a good point, Carl. Like I think what's amazing about something like this is it sort of asserts its position. It isn't simply because in the way that I would maybe, I don't want to like dock points to the Mario Kart 8 results, but since it's, it feels like it's an homage to the Kenta Nagata one and nothing more. And in that sense, it's actually worse than the original because it's not doing anything new. Where what's cool about this is you feel that similar kind of emotional energy, this shifting Mm -hmm. between two tonalities back and forth, which is perfect for this kind of nothing's happening. You're it's it's about data. Yeah. Yet. Uh, the arrangement is so much more dynamic. We're taking advantage of the full band here. And then there becomes this catchy melodic element 
on well, top of it. The only gripe I have here, and it's not, it's not a gripe at all, is that I wish that this track was expanded. I wish that instead of being 118, I wish it was like three minutes and that it looped well, it a couple times before going into some solos or something because I'm loving the groove. And I think groove. that's something that you could say about the next track we're going to play as well. And that's sure, something sure. about a lot of Nagamatsu's work on this score. That main theme, which was such an incredibly long form, well, majority of the music in the game are either yeah. short jingles or very brief loops yeah and and before we leave that i just wanted to clarify like any results music composed by let's say nagato or like tataka for example trust me i am loving it i'm not i'm not trying to crap on all results music but anyway i'll leave that there uh let's play one more track i think it's more just yeah it's a compliment to what nagamatsu did i mean to me for sure my perception of him and my opinion of him has made the biggest 180. When I was first introduced to him, it was from Mario Kart Wii, New Super Mario Brothers Wii. I mean, I remember when he did Galaxy 2. And I had such a hard time because I hated the score to Mario Kart Wii. I really thought it was awful. I thought the music was terrible and like an affront to oh, we know. what the series was <laughs> Everyone supposed listening to be. Knows, and a lot of the new Super Mario Brothers stuff, it wasn't bad. It was just not necessarily up to the standards of I wonder how much of those choices were not the fault of Nagamatsu. That would be interesting. To I think there's a probably a variety of out. factors. I also think when you're starting off, you know, he probably didn't have the confidence maybe on a personal level to make some of his own choices. But as things expanded, by the time you get to Galaxy too, particularly his orchestral music in that game, mm-hmm. is at the level of Yakoda and Kondo-san stuff. So that's amazing. And then to me, a big turning point for my perception of him was when he did A Link Between Worlds, which was yeah. not only this faithful revitalization of so much of the music of Link to the Past, but all this great new music that sat alongside with it. And since then, he's become this, he's one of the best Nintendo composers. Well, yeah, I get down. the sense that a piece of music uh, like some of the orchestral work he did in Galaxy 2 or something from Link Between Worlds, that's probably more up his alley as far as like his heart. Like that's probably more comfortable for him. And it's like, so maybe the stuff he was doing earlier on was not really that comfortable for him. Like I have this image in my head of like you, if you, if your name was Nagamatsu and like you just joined Nintendo and like, let's say, yeah, you worked at Mario Kart Wii. It's like, I could I could imagine it where it's like if someone's telling you to do a specific thing, you do it, and then it's like, oh no, I don't want people to think that's my style. So then when you get the opportunity to, to you know have this full orchestral sense of emotion like he did in Galaxy Two, man, he he took that and well, ran and with it. The thing the thing that's interesting is um, even on Galaxy Two, I didn't love everything. He like that that right, one right. kind of blue grit. But there were standouts. I mean, there were phenomenal. I wasn't as much of a did. fan of that. I wasn't a fan of some of the functional boss music again. But as some of that again, it's like you're you're fitting into a pre-established mold. But yet, some of the the tracks that again, some of the really cool orchestral stuff that we've called out before um, uh, is you know among yeah. the best well, in okay. the series. We we are digressing here. One more track we got to play from Home Circuit. Love this one. Koopalings invade.
You guys listening to Koopalings Invade. It's so charming. I mean, when does Nintendo <laughs> go for this sound production-wise? It's really great because the guitars, um, they're not full-blown metal, but they're they are close to it as far as the sound. But the drums are just hilarious because it's still the same jazz kind of big band tone and vibe we're getting on that drum kit, but obviously, you know, it's playing this very, very much rock beat. And so I really enjoy that. I really think the, the juxtaposition here is is so intentional and so charming. Yes. And obviously, yeah, you still have the jazz instruments as well, the brass right. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, these so are it's all just really charming. Choices. Yeah, very charming. The big thing that we have to call out is that this is a piece of music that is entirely constructed of music and themes from the mainline Mario series. And the yeah. first thing we start off with is the Koji Bowser themes. Jr. boss theme composed by Mahiro Yokota from the original Super Mario Galaxy. Which is so good. A great theme. But getting to hear that come to life, first of all, I can't help but think that it wasn't Nagamatsu's close work with Mihiro Yokota on Galaxy 2 that made that melody pop to his head so quickly. I mean, the the Koji choice to me is more obvious because the first time we ever encounter the Koopalings are yeah, as mini bosses, you know, in Super Mario Brothers 3, which is the music that he's alluding to for a majority of the arrangement. Yet, I don't think a lot of people necessarily... The Galaxy music is beloved, don't get me wrong, but that yeah, Bowser well, Jr. theme you bring up a good point. isn't one that would jump because to mind when you hear it in the in this context you know you're playing home circuit it's it's a hundred percent natural because we all know that theme and it's very familiar so it feels like oh yeah but when you actually then think about it oh wait yeah that particular choice was a little bit interesting and it wouldn't it wouldn't have been one i would think to do if I was tasked. And, and with, that's what's so this. cool is essentially what he's done by incorporating those themes is it's like, okay, we've got Bowser Jr. and we've got the Koopa Kids from Mario yep. 3. And it's, I, I, that's what I think is really cool. Just on a, on, on a simplicity level, thematically, that makes perfect sense with what this track is doing. Yet it musically, those really ideas well. work so well. Hearing that fanfare, it's just like a simple little fanfare of the bad guy to get yep. the piece going. And then, I mean... I, Again, what's cool about this is this just highlights how incredible Koji Kondo's writing on the NES was. I mean, every single element is catchy and interesting and it was just taken so seriously that you can have an arrangement like this and it feels so full and satisfying. First of all, a big part of what makes this arrangement unique and different is how much he slowed the tempo and groove down because originally it's more rocking where this is more kind of like it has this but you can appreciate it a little more the riff yeah and i mean the so it's really cool it's a great choice well so we've featured quite a bit of music from tour today uh as far as the source material but we got to play one uh, piece of music that's actually from tour as far as the sounds go. And uh, I guess we're ending our day with a little glimpse, a little preview into the coming season, <laughs> kind of a wintry end of our episode. Um, we're playing out with uh, a GBA Snowland going back to eight for that play out. But now we're playing a uh, Mario Kart tour, Mary Mountain. <laughs> Here we go.
guys are listening to Mary Mountain. This is from Mario Kart Tour. And yeah, it's nice that we can feature at least one track, um, actually the original tour version, so we can get a sense of maybe some of the things we were talking about earlier. Uh, Production-wise, yeah, I mean, I could not be more thrilled and excited to be a fan of Nintendo, but to be a fan of Mario Kart um, and to be excited for future courses and future arrangements. The state of Mario Kart music is as strong as it's ever been. Um, And I think that we really owe so much to these amazing musicians, composers, and arrangers. I think whoever decided (laughs) to have Mario Kart 8 be this, this explosion as far as really getting back to what people love about this series, reinventing things, and musically, more than anything, it was really reinventing itself. I'm so glad that happened. Um, and now when we kind of zoom out a little bit, we're looking at the series in you know 2022, I think of all the entries and I think of all the moments that they can all gel together, You know, going from what Soyooka did all the way to what Nagamatsu did. <laughs> just did it's it's really inspirational very much and i think what's also really inspirational being in this time is like you know the most recent mario kart game in its principal iteration came out almost 10 years ago and it's still alive they're still making new content for it and i don't see that stopping anytime soon because there's no reason to make a mario kart 9 um, yeah. And I think that something that impresses me so much about Mario Kart 8 is that they didn't just, um, you know, add some new tracks and then wait to save all their ideas for the next game. They've kind of right. realized, like, we we have a perfect situation here. We have a really mm-hmm. popular console that a lot of people have access to. We have a game Everyone that's Everyone has well this game. People, I don't know anyone beloved. who has a Switch who doesn't have Mario Kart 8. Right. It's... So it's kind of let's just keep I don't adding know, I'm to I'm glad it. <laughs> that they're to use driving terminology that they're kind of coasting with this one. Ooh, um, nice. And I think musically it really is the apex of the series as we get more DLC and incorporate more of the back catalog. Eventually I could see Mario Kart 8 being the game that has every single track from every Mario Kart game and at its And if display. you can consider that a soundtrack, a singular soundtrack, it's maybe the <laughs> <laughs> one of the best soundtracks ever. Right. Uh, so that's pretty insane. We're going to play you guys out with GBA Snowland for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um, yeah, now I just want to hang out and play some Mario Kart, so maybe we'll have to do that in the coming I can't weeks. think of a better way to kick off Nintendo Month. We really right? wanted to do this episode because so much has happened with this game in the you know almost 10 years since we've um, focused on it. It was long overdue and really an inspirational kickoff to this month. Let's see what we do. Uh, we're not going to say what, what we have planned yet, but definitely stay tuned. It's really exciting. I think that's about it. Uh, Will, anything else you got at the end? Yeah, just uh, I want to encourage everyone to with the spirit of Nintendo month, um, feel free to share on our discord server or on social media, some of your favorite, maybe in some cases, lesser known tracks from the Mario Kart series or Nintendo music in general. Uh, I think really we want the spirit of this month to be celebrating, you know, there's a reason why we do a Nintendo month and why we don't do that for any other game developer. And I think, to any of us who participate in this medium, I mean, we really do owe Nintendo with the very life of video games as a medium. Uh, they almost single-handedly with the NES 
saved the entire industry. Who knows that it wouldn't have returned on its own through some other fashion, but that isn't what happened through the course of history. (laughs) And um, when it comes to the particular style and sound of video game music that, you know, we clearly love and have celebrated so much on this podcast, there isn't any other studio that has contributed um not even close. I mean, Nintendo is just, they're this singular entity and they've always been that way. Um, they beat to their own drum. Sometimes it's infuriating. Sometimes it makes you pull your hair out. Yes. You have to, you have to love their originality, their continuing sense of imagination. And, you know, it just seems like every single decade higher. I mean, geez, list of musicians, unparalleled well i just wanted to say we're recording this before um but this episode is actually coming out on november 6th and so that means that just a couple days ago i put out my ep stellify if you haven't listened to it uh definitely head on over to my Bandcamp, which is carlbmusic.bandcamp.com it's a seven track ep that features some really nice collaborations with friends uh so i really had a good time putting that together i hope you enjoy slash enjoyed it and we'll be back with you hopefully very soon for more nintendo music yeah can't wait my name is carl brueggemann i'm will brueggemann have a great week everybody peace out (laughs) 